0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your hosts of The Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Jade Pebworth with BIC Legal here in Oklahoma. She has experience in setting up a company, family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review, along with drafting contracts for your company while she assists with licensing applications and so much more. With all of that being said, please welcome our girl, Jade, to The Cannabis missing out. Hi Jade.
1: Hi guys. We are so happy to have you here with us, and we're super excited to finally get to interview you. Me too. Just real quick, um, I'm a longtime listener, first time
0: caller. Hey. Yes. We're so happy to to have you.
1: We're so so happy. Before we dive in of the business part, Jade, tell us a little bit about yourself and your own personal journey with cannabis.
2: Okay, so I, um, like most people, I think around our age, um, started using cannabis back in the day. Just leave it at that, I guess. And since it's become legal in the state of Oklahoma for medicinal purposes, I'm actually pretty new to the game. My dad of all people was the first person who I had um, a close relationship with to get his medical marijuana card cool. Amazing. And I also thought he was lying to me for like three months. When he got <laughs>
0: <it>. <laughs> Cause you so couldn't believe
2: like, it. Yeah. I was like, dad, what the hell you went and got this on your own? Like, huh. what are you, what are There's you doing? No <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No um, and then I got my, um, I got my card and my license and I've ventured out. As you guys know, I started using vapes more due to directly your promotions, quite frankly. And, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, hashtag Nevada. This is not a paid promotion. <laughs> I
1: love you, Jane. Yeah, Jane is so funny. I love it. <laughs> and I've uh,
2: I really learned that I like the convenience of it. I'm, as you said, I'm a lawyer and I deal with a lot of stressful things all day, every single day. Mm-hmm. And I really like enjoying a, a joint or like I said, my vape in the evenings after work just to kind of chill, hang out with my dog, watch some Netflix. That's that's kind of how I use cannabis to relax and de-stress. And I've noticed a big difference uh, in my overall, I guess, work mode. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't even know if that's the right just, word. Yeah, yeah, work mode, 100%. Yeah, just, just to kind of how my brain... Honestly, I have great ideas in the evenings. Yeah. So I write them down I'm like, hell yeah, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And then it's just like, you know, I can use it at work. Good um, for you for
0: writing that. Honestly,
2: yeah. that's
1: really cool <laughs> to hear that, like, even as a lawyer, because law isn't a very creative in my mind, not a very creative career. So, so, so like, even as creative? a creative or like, even as a lawyer, it's cool to hear that you're still able to get creative with cannabis, like even thinking of ideas of new businesses or whatever it may be, it's still you using your creative side. So that's cool that cannabis is still able to do that for you. Absolutely. Shout out, Mary.
0: (laughs) Mary Jane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, is there something you like to do after you consume? We all have something we vibe and enjoy doing with the help of our little friend Mary. But what's what's something you like love to do?
2: Typically, I'm like I said, just kind of vegging out watching Netflix. But I also read every single night before bed. You do so good for you, yeah. Keep my brain active, yeah. and I've noticed since consuming cannabis and then um, continuing my nightly routine once I start reading, I get way more involved in the storyline. Oh. And also my imagination is on like level 10,000. Yeah. That's it's phenomenal. Amazing. I'm rereading Harry Potter right <gasps> now, actually. Yes, ah. yes, yes. yes. So wow. it's made a big, it's made a difference. I was I, just I was about saying, to ask you, yes. what are you
1: reading each night? <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. What book are you on? I'm on the second book, Chamber Ooh, of Secrets. Amazing. And you're just so tapping amazing. in.
2: Yes, absolutely. And like I said, I, I go to bed a little bit after using my cannabis, a little bit stoned, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, and yeah think it about, I mean, Harry Potter, come on, the and Hogwarts and the Wizards. It's yeah. just my imagination is already yeah, engaged.
1: I love that for you. Truly. That
0: awesome. <laughs> so, Jado. I know you've kind of touched on this, but why do you consume cannabis? Like when was your turning point of thinking like, man, this like really helps me wind down or like whatever it may be for you?
2: Sure. So actually when I was in law school, I didn't use cannabis at all. I was okay. really worried about using my brain and just the impacts of cannabis. I didn't want to have like a cannabis hangover. I didn't want to forget about something. I just, I took it so, so, so literally. And the stigma. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yes. They scared you. A thousand percent, like, 100 yeah. million percent. Yeah. That is absolutely true. True and correct. And after I graduated and then I said like my dad got his license and I started practicing, I realized that there are stigmas. You guys' this podcast helped me with that. Also speaking with you guys on a friend personal level Mm -hmm. help me with that and then talking to my dad of all people and brother um about cannabis and using it my dad used it for pain management things like that just chilling and I kind of thought, well, why the hell not? I might yeah. as well just, you know, I, I have anxiety and stress in my life. So I might as well give it a go. It's not going to hurt. And that's really what got me started. And like I said, it the crushing the stigmas, I I don't have brain fog. I don't have any of those things I was worried about. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not like forgetting things yeah, all the yeah. time.
0: You're finding stuff that works for you though. And like what you do in your life and your day-to-day yeah. routine. That, You're finding yes. that balance. Yep. Keeping a
2: vape in my pocket is... Phenomenal, I actually, just like showed them because I was like, Look <laughs> I <have." laughs> you know, my like, keep it in my pocket. Convenient, just, it is. Yeah. It's so convenient, and um, it's the stigmas have been changed even over the last couple of years since it's been um, legal in the state of Oklahoma for medicinal purposes. Even in the the legal community, I mm-hmm. think it's changed a lot because I'm sure you guys have heard. Um, I feel like lawyers choose to do. Um, can abuse substances yeah there's even mm-hmm. like classes that we take about it just yeah. for that warning because it's an extremely stressful yeah. job and yeah we're dealing mm-hmm. with other people's problems literally all day every yeah. day yeah and so that's something that I kind of just had to reflect on and make that decision yeah. and yeah give cannabis a go yeah that's
1: cool, that's cool. it's being also open-minded. yeah it's also cool to hear that you're in like a very transitional part of your journey because you are so much newer to the medicinal side that like even you saying I noticed that when I read before bed I'm so much more creative in my mind and like imagine like it's cool cuz I feel like those are those were the big pivotal moments for me where I was like oh shit like this is working and then I could time my cannabis perfect to exactly what I needed or like tailor products specifically to moments yeah. that I needed them or environments or situations or whatever the case may be so it'll be cool to see like your path unfold more and more as you like tap in deeper into products cuz I mean, I feel like that was my favorite part and I'm still on a journey forever on a journey, but the beginning part of the journey is like can be the most stressful, but it also is the most fun in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I agree. I've had um, good opportunities on the weekend. I'm a little bit more adventurous. I will do, I will try different pre-rolls or try different gummies or try just gummies in general um, because I never really know exactly how they're going to impact me. So I don't want to. Risk it that you know the yeah. night before yes. I'm going yeah. to work or mm-hmm. whatever the case
0: is, so or have trial or something. Right, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just didn't want to take such a big risk. Yeah. And so trying out all of those things, I have a little bit more freedom, like I said on the weekend. And I'm that's cool um, that you use that out.
0: time to explore it, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's because that's just mindful. like you said. You're yeah. reading to keep your mind sharp, where you're also exploring to keep your options open. Absolutely. Wow, Brandon. Hey, yeah. hey. Oh, what's <laughs> new tagline? <laughs> <laughs> so Jade, you spoke a little
1: bit. Um, about your family dynamic with about your dad what's it like with your mom is she very open about cannabis how is that um, and you said one brother do you have any other siblings other than I don't okay just, so what's that like yeah. with him like do you find that that's helped y'all's bond like do you find that it's I don't know because I feel like with I mean my sister doesn't smoke, so we'll talk about Brandon because Brandon's a <laughs> sister. But, like, not that we have tips, but, you know, like, yeah. sometimes when we're both just, like, super emotional, like, we'll just, like, smoke it out and just, like, shed a couple tears or something. And not saying that you guys do that, but, you know, like, I feel like it's helped bond our relationship mm-hmm. a lot more. Do you find that it's done the same for you?
2: For sure. So my dad... Um, actually last night I was trying a new flavor on a vape cart and I was over at their house and I was like, dude, you've got to try this. That's amazing. And I was like, I cannot remember the name. So I'll text you right when I get home with the flavor, right? I was like, dad, I'll text you right when I get home so you can go buy this, right? I was like, go to the store, get it. It's worth it. And so that's been one part. My mom doesn't care one way or another. She doesn't use cannabis. Um, she is partially disabled and so she has, um, her own, pain management routine that's very strictly regulated as you guys know mm-hmm. with um like medicine and okay. in today's world yeah. unfortunately using cannabis and being on pain management is an absolute no mm-hmm. um so the pain management doctor right is like mm-hmm. hell no you can't do that so um my mom doesn't care that we do you know she's like yeah if it works yeah. do it. whatever your dad uses it it's whatever mm. um and then my brother dakota we're 18 months apart so we're extremely close and yeah. have always been extremely close um I was telling you guys a story before we started. He was over helping me mount a TV and some electrical stuff. And during breaks, we were just smoking in my garage, just chilling. You know, it's like, yeah, this is payment for helping me, but also let's just kick it. What kind of snacks do you want? What do you want? You know, let's smoke, let's do whatever. So it helps us. It just gives us something else to do or if we're going to go bowling, for example, because... Why
1: not? Yeah. Um, smoke
2: before and then go bull. It just it, increases the vibe. Isn't it
1: fun being older with your siblings? And, like, especially, I feel like cannabis is so bonding because it puts everyone kind of in their feels mm-hmm. almost that it's like you just connect with your siblings so much harder to like, Want to do stuff? I feel like yeah. you know, there's like no really room for arguments because you both are just kind of like vibing and chilling and like just in your own zone and enjoying each other's company. Versus like, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're cracking yes.
2: up to the point we're like crying sometimes and just having the best time. We actually Aww. went to dinner last night and he was smoking my vape right before yeah. and we go and he's like, "Do you think I can hit this in here? Like, do not, <laughs> do not." He was like, "Okay, I'm going to give it a go." And I was like, "What the hell?" Um, so it just it, it hey, made the whole dinner. So much out fun. To yeah, right, right, just living on the edge. <laughs> What is just, your
0: um age difference we're 18, 18 months. months apart oh uh, yeah see that's why it's so fun it um is. my sister Brooklyn and I are 14 months apart oh my and, goodness you know, yeah it's crazy like being that close in age to your sibling but I'm also like damn mom <laughs> like, yes, we're absolutely. All <laughs> wasted no time you know fertile myrtle man <laughs> <We're serious. laughs> really true though So it seems like your family has been pretty supportive of you being in cannabis law and or like kind of that transition. I know it's oh, not just cannabis law you do, but they've been really supportive. It sounds like.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So actually, again, my dad last night when we were chatting, he asked me for more business cards because he went to oh. a local dispensary. <laughs> yeah, Went to the local dispensary. Um, and as you guys know, I write an article um, for the chronic magazine every month and they had a chronic there and he was like, oh my gosh, can I look at this? And my daughter writes an article and the guys were like all about it. It. They oh, like pulled up, pulled, opened the magazine, he's looked it up. you up. Oh, hyping me up, pulled all of his business cards that How I gave cute. him out of his pocket and put them on their coffee table. So last night, you know, he's like, I need more business cards. Yes. So I took him somewhere this morning and so that he can give them out to whomever, right? They've That's been cool. so supportive and they know that like working with uh, cannabis companies and just companies in general, I enjoy it so much more because what I've learned in family law and with those experiences in family mm-hmm. law, it is really, really, really difficult. To tell somebody what they should do with their
0: children,
1: yeah,
2: um, oh, wow, yeah, they mm. almost always don't want to do that because mm. I'm I'm not that child's
0: parent. Yeah, I'm, is that like one of the most stressful parts about what you do? Would you say it is?
2: And so I like situational it is. I'm not married. I've never been married. I don't have any children, and my parents are still married. So I before I started practicing um, family law, I didn't have any experience in the family law court. Mm. And so what I realized really quickly is that it's a thousand percent drama all the time Mm -hmm. because their parents, um, whether they're married or not, uh, paternity action, their parents arguing over their child who they love more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it gets difficult to do what's in the child's best interest when their mind is clouded with something their spouse did or their Mm -hmm. ex did that just pisses them off. And it's like, well, you can't do that or you can't do this or X, Y, Z, you know, let's try this, Mm -hmm. this or this. And sometimes getting that pushback is stressful because I, I want to just, you know, scream yeah. the top of my lungs. Like, mm-hmm. you need to do what's in the best
0: interest of your child. Right. And they
2: think that's what they're doing or vice versa. And that is by far the most stressful part. But you're of- there
0: to help them navigate yes. and make, like, hopefully clear-minded decisions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we work yeah. toward that. Or it's yeah. like, okay,
0: like, I know that pissed you off, but, like... Right. Let's think about it this way, right? Kind of yeah. flip the script. Yeah, it's like them- counseling sessions. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy probably, like, what comes along with, like, you doing what you do. <laughs> yeah. You do more than just what you do, like, write operating agreements <laughs> it's Really, though, you're like Absolutely. an actual <laughs> therapist, kind of, but, yeah. like, you are because you have to be. That can be exhausting. Because you I'm have sure. to know the
1: entire... Situation, you do. And so you, you do. have yeah. to sit there and listen, and you're like, "Fuck,
2: absolutely." Well, and yeah. sometimes it's like, "Okay, okay," like, and let's you know speed along that story or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, because sometimes people do treat us like um, therapists. Yes, and I always joke. So I would, uh, when you go to law school, you get a JD, a juris doctorate. So I got my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And we always joke like, well, I'm not that kind of doctor. Um, and so yeah. we're always like, what, you know, are you seeing a therapist? Are you seeing a counselor? And that's uh, in our family law cases, that's always the first things out of our mouth, you know, is to recommend mm-hmm. counseling or therapy. Absolutely. And it's important for the individual. It's important for their family dynamic. And it's important for the minor child
1: yeah. or, or children, mm-hmm. but also important and, for you. Uh, yes, absolutely. At the end of the <laughs> most day, most important us too. for you. Who? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's amazing. So, Jade, in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about what you do, a little bit about the firm you're a part of, and what all you deal with?
2: Absolutely. So, we are an all-women law firm. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like I said, we do mainly family law. Um, the partners are kind of spread out in different um aspects. We don't get to specialize in types of law here in the state of Oklahoma. So it's just like types of law that you like to do. Maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit more, you have a little bit more experience with. So family law, adoptions, paternities. We have a a lawyer who's on the deprived docket, which is for kids who are um, in DHS custody or taken away from their parents Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And so she handles almost exclusively those cases, which, as you can imagine, are extremely heartbreaking. I've gone to one of those dockets, and I never want to go again. It's too sad for me. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I want to just, like, take all the kids away and, like, buy them all the things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let them, like, sleep in a bed and, like, be normal kids. Yeah. And then uh, one of the other partners does um, estate planning, wills, trusts, all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which is a totally different ball game and those people are planning for the future planning for um you know almost the worst case scenario right what if you both drop dead it's like oh this is what we want done right so yeah it's a lot it is but having that plan in place um is a literal lifesaver um for arguments between family financial lifesaver for when the the individual does Mm -hmm. pass away um but me i've been working with family working in family law of course But I have been venturing out to representing cannabis companies and companies in general. Doing corporate and cannabis law is really where I feel like I thrive and I enjoy it so, so, so much. I have learned that my business clients in general, but also my cannabis business clients are extremely chill individuals. (laughs) Love that. Yes, 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 yes. They'll follow up on something or I'll I'll reach out and follow up on something. And then it's like, oh, hey, Jade, you know, we're reaching back out on this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I sent that over. So just read it whenever, (laughs) you know, that it's it's a a much more chill vibe. There's not Mm -hmm. really any fires, so to say, um, Mm -hmm. which is very different than what I'm used to. And uh, actually, while I was in law school, I was a uh, paralegal for a personal injury law firm. Okay. So, which is like car wrecks yes. and stuff like that on the plaintiff side, on the injured person side. Mm-hmm. And even that was somewhat similar to family law, right? It's like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. These are my problems. Mm-hmm. I want you to listen to them and I want you to fix them with money. And mm-hmm. I, I can't personally do that, but yeah. that's our goal, right? Representing that, that um, individual to get to that end result where they're happy. And I just really, really, really learned that working with companies, they seem to listen to me more because I'm not telling them what to do with their children. Mm -hmm. I'm advising them of, here's why you need an operating agreement. Here's why you need a contract. Here's why you need to do this. And at the end of the day, they're almost always like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Yeah. And it works out. um, And I mean, if you guys, I don't know if you guys said at the beginning that I represent you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: I didn't know if that was okay or if you guys are cool with it. Jay's our lawyer. Yeah,
2: yeah. And one of the first things that we talked about when I met you guys, I think my very first question was, do you have an operating agreement? Yeah. And the answer was no. And -hmm. I immediately was like,
1: okay, that's the first thing we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing we did. Yeah. Literally like a couple days days, like a day, if not a daily offer. Yeah. <laughs> any little year. things, man, <laughs> right. It, it is the,
2: it's the little things that people don't really realize that go into just to protect your interests in the long run, protect your liability in the long run. that's a, that's a huge issue that people don't really think about when they're going into business, especially with besties. You yeah. guys have been friends yeah. for a million years and you never want to think about,
0: What could happen right now?
1: (laughs) I will kill you, Brandon, if you leave me. Bob
0: I can't believe you said that on record. Your voice is on here forever. Oh, no, delete it. So if anything happens, everybody knows. (laughs) Good thing we have an operating agreement. You can never leave me. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Oh man. oh man we answered that then I think oh, yeah <laughs> okay so Jade what inspired you to go into law and like what you're doing today because that would never be me and it's very admirable like what you do and like your mind and what you have to navigate through so like I love to know what inspires people well,
2: thanks um uh, I uh was a, a student at OU, and I had an emergency back surgery, and I could not go to school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, wow. It was real terrible, and um, I could not go to school, and I had my surgery literally the day after the drop date, where they just, like, mm. let you out of classes, yep. and I had a professor who would not let me out of his class, and gave me an, uh, an F, What? and I lost my marbles, and I appealed it to, like, that guy's boss, and then, like, the president of that oh. guy's boss, and no one ever did anything for me. So I made this badass binder of photos, detailed reports from my doctors, yeah, everything. Yeah. And I walked into d office and asked for help and gave him all my information. Some dude with his office called me back like a week later and kind of talked through it and asked me what I really wanted out of this. And I pretty much just wanted a W. I didn't like want an A. I just wanted, (laughs) I didn't want an F on my transcript. And he was like, okay, we can do that. And it got taken care of. Amazing. And so I realized that if I wouldn't have done that, and that was the following semester, months, literal months later, hard work, taking the time, right. To ask my doctors, ask all these questions really taught me that if I want something, I'm going to work extremely hard for it. But there are other people out there who don't know to do that or, or have just the personality to do Mm -hmm. that. Yes, And uh, I think that's a big thing. And so I decided, um, I wanted to work for a law firm because I had no clue what lawyers did, but I loved Mm. advocating. I like being out there. Like when people listen to me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I like all of those things. So I got a job at a law firm and after a little while I loved the pace of it. I loved everything about it. And so I decided to go to law school. And although I'm motivated by wanting to help people, that's absolutely wholeheartedly true. But I want to make a shitload of money. Yeah. And people always Wait, shy away that from that, that answer. Yeah, you no. And There's I
1: don't nothing to shy yeah. away from yeah,
2: right. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make a lot of money and like be good at what I do. Yeah. And that's why I work so hard and why I work so hard in law school, right, and to get where I am yeah, today. Mm-hmm. I'm a first generation um, college student. Amazing. I'm first generation. I'm the only person in my family to have a doctorate, like my extended family. Hell
0: yeah. So I just
2: remember that every day and, yeah. and just thrive on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, not to pat myself on the back too hard, but I hey, work. The harder, that.
1: the better, Jade. What do you mean? Awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, so, okay. So going from like the law you practice to like into cannabis law, how has it been like that, that transition? I know you said like people are more chill and stuff, sure. but like, what is that transition like? Cause I know it's like a little bit of a different
1: Work, like even though, like a work, I feel like a workflow pace, it, it's different.
2: Absolutely. So it's it's a, it's very different. So like in family law, for example, we just have the statutes, the state laws mm-hmm. um, and case law that comes into play. For cannabis and all things cannabis, as you guys know, we have the OMMA and they're a state agency that have regulations and regulations are different than laws because yeah. we also have Corresponding laws for those regulations, and it's just an extra governing body that you kind of have to pay really close attention. Not kind of have to; you do have to uh-huh. pay really close attention to the words that they use, the intent behind those things, um, the provisions. And as I'm sure you yeah. also know, the OMA is in a learning process as well. Yes, I know that people get really frustrated about that. Um, the often changes in regulations, or updates, or emergency rules, or whatever the hell the case is, but In the state of Oklahoma, oil and gas boomed here really big. And the Oklahoma Corporation Commission was founded. When the Oklahoma Corporation Commission was founded, they were doing the same shit. They allowed people to punch so many holes in our land here. And then they were like, oh, you know what? That's probably a bad idea. So now we're going to regulate spacing you know what, this needs to be here too. And you can't have more than one well in this many feet or acres or whatever, right? So they had to learn by having mistakes and and seeing what happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're also a state entity, right? A state regulated body. And so the OMMA, I think sometimes we need to have a little bit of grace. Sometimes I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're in a learning process too. Um, Cannabis here is so new. And Oklahoma's cannabis laws are very lacks as of right now, yes, as, and, as of right now, Yeah, as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, hashtag Governor Stitt do the most. Mm-hmm. And, um, the OMMA has to work within those by, but they don't have anything to go off mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And so transitioning into cannabis, it's not only learning the laws because you have to do that first, mm-hmm. then going through the regulations that are there to guide you so that entities don't violate the law and or the regulation. And then there's separate administrative proceedings. If you do violate a regulation, you have to go through there versus just showing up at district court when someone sues you. Which, again, in cannabis, you're not just looking at cannabis laws like we talked about with business stuff. Mm -hmm. When you decide to go into business with somebody, all the contract laws are still the same. It's still business at at the end of the day. It's not any different just because you're working with cannabis. Yeah, mm-hmm. All the contract laws and all the things like that are still in place. You're like so- a dictionary,
0: like yeah. this, like legal dictionary. I, like, I feel like I'm like, what's the definition of this? And Jade like reads it from the book. Like, thank God. <laughs> I know, seriously. Sorry to cut you off, Jade.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're <laughs> you're getting- just so well. I know. I'm just sitting here watching you talk and being like, wow, that's a fuck ton of information that I know nothing
0: about. I know, <laughs> literally. I know, but that's just so cool that
1: I you're full it's of great, it. Shout out yeah. to your brain, Jade. <laughs> Glad you hired me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to our lawyer. Hire Jade. <laughs> okay, so what's been the hardest part of getting into cannabis law or like the cannabis side of law? Because we know it's constantly changing and very quickly and it can get very overwhelming. So what's, I mean, because I feel like with what you have practiced, it's pretty cut and dry. Like it, it is what it is, but... This is very different. Absolutely. What's been the hardest part about it?
2: Um, the hardest part so far that I've realized um, is people don't think they need lawyers and I don't know if that's because just like the overall stigma of lawyering is that we're like scummy pieces of shit um, so they don't like trust us they yeah. don't want to like mm-hmm. deal with us but I'm like hey, this will help protect your liability so when someone sues you, they don't take your fucking house. Hmm. Then they're like, oh, wow, that's a good yeah. idea. I'm like, and I'm like, to, wow, I gotta yeah. fucking sell myself. Yeah, yeah. threaten
0: is not the right word, no. but like you <laughs> kind like, of have to threaten I gotta them. throw them really? Tuesday. Yeah, you have to really. give like scenarios. I mean, you gave us scenarios. Yeah. You know, that yeah. like, we're like, that would, <laughs> to never, sell us. That would never happen, <laughs> but we were like, oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> give us an operating agreement.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Literally. And it's, you know, like, that's part of my job, right? It's like, what's the worst case scenario and then how can I protect you yes. as an individual mm-hmm. interest or your company's interest right how can I protect you against that and I've noticed like I said that the stigma we talk about the stigma of cannabis on your guys's podcast like every single time mm-hmm. which I love and I think it's important to recognize but also then the stigma of any other industry like I said as a lawyer I'm a female in this industry mm-hmm. I'm a young female in this industry and also like I said I have to sell myself promote myself any way I can um, and people sometimes are, think that I'm just this little girl who doesn't know shit about shit. But really, I'm like, okay, cool.
1: Well, call me when you see. I to mean, it. if anyone's yeah. listening to
0: this episode, I don't think, I think it, they know that you know, know, shit. That you know yeah. Shit, yeah. shit about <laughs> shit. For just sure.
1: Know. For sure. So with that, what, what did your journey look like when you first started venturing into cannabis? Like for somebody who's listening that may be interested or may not know what path to take, where does one begin?
2: For cannabis use. Or for cannabis,
1: cannabis law.
2: So where I started was looking at social media. And seeing people in my area who are either in the industry or um, like other cannabis lawyers Mm -hmm. and reading about their bios and their profiles and like what they're doing Mm -hmm. so I can get more information of where, where's the best info, right? Like what seminars should I attend? Yeah. What um, events should I go to Mm -hmm. and what events are kind of going to be, they're going to be fun, but they're going to not really going to promote me as a lawyer and really help me get my name out there. So that's kind of where I started. Also, the OMMA regulations, I printed them out and put them through our binder and made a little book, and I just read them, and then I read them again, and then I looked at, like, the chronic, as I've said before, Mm -hmm. like, reading about there, because they have so many personal stories and and things like that, and I also keep an eye out. um, My office in Cleveland County, that's where our law firm is, and anytime a judge mentions anything about cannabis or business, I ask up questions. I ask okay. for the case site okay. so that I can pull it up online and read about it. I look about what's being disputed and things like that. Okay. So being able to use. All of your resources, I think, is very important, and I also have an extremely supportive firm. The partners at my law firm have been behind me a hundred and ten million percent. That's amazing so
0: support, man. Yeah,
2: so supportive. Even coming here today, every single one of them said, "You know, go kick ass. You're such a badass. Like, mm. you got this." Oh, you, I love you know, that. It's just stuff That's like cool. That. Yeah. yeah. So they're extremely supportive, and again, it's women supporting women. And um, in the office, I kindly refer to you guys as the cannabis hangout girls. <laughs> and I cannot <laughs> with you. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) and they also just like love you guys. They listen to your podcast now because I'm like, text it to their cell phones and so I'm like listen to this um, <laughs>
0: oh,
2: and I'm like look here's our promotion or whatever the case is so um they, that support has been huge I couldn't imagine doing this without it because financially right I couldn't afford to do it without yeah. it yeah and so they've been a big help as well and just um allowing me to do things like this All right um to to promote myself and just like the overall vibe of our firm mm-hmm. has I think changed a bit because I want to do business stuff and I don't yeah. really want
1: to yeah do a bunch of family law anymore that's cool and that full transition. And I'm sure it's opening their doors and minds up to more opportunities absolutely. for their, We're like, rather than fresh. just, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, which is, that's good, for, especially for a law Spicy firm that wants Jade. to keep going. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, it brings in character. Spice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So now that you've been in the cannabis space working for a little bit, what's something that you've experienced or seen that you weren't expecting, good or bad?
2: Wow, I guess the first thing would be, I did not expect... How many people would reach out to me and tell me they want to, for example, start the licensing process in this parcel of property? And then I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Here's all my info. Here's you know the retainer, all this stuff. They'll pay it and start the process, and then I literally never hear from them again. Hmm, and
0: really? I'm like, what the? What, you just spent what, money. What happened? What, ha- what happened?
2: Like what did you hell? go? Yeah, exactly. And so I don't know if there's just like an odd amount of flighty people. Um, who's like start the process and they're like, mm. oh shit, I can't do this background check or I can't do this. They don't maybe realize how intense the process is, mm. um, that that kind of scares them away. But again, on the, on the flip side of that, which is almost the same. Um, none of my cannabis clients are like blowing my phone up all the time Amazing. or like demanding that but I like, I feel like work at s- nine
0: PM. You set that tone though too, like as yeah. well, like doing what you do, mm-hmm. like you're the vibe that you create, you know, and for like Couldn't the people more. you attract and the clients yeah. that you attract too. Really? So like you saying that is Yeah, and like what even you like created. you you it's like also training your clients, I
1: feel like, which I can only imagine. Family law, that's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. How right, do you right, train your right, clients? Mm-hmm. But like I feel like with us, like we don't text you after 6 p.m. because you don't text us after 6 p.m.
2: Right. I appreciate that.
1: It's just like an understanding. <laughs> yeah. And if, if I do send it, it always follows up with a please don't respond to this until you have time. Absolutely. You know, it's never just like I need this right away. It's just like, hey, and I mean, some, you know, we take days sometimes to respond sure. back to you. But that's just like it's it's cool because it's like we have. It's just, you've trained us. Yeah, well, I know? think we
2: have a, a mutual respect yeah. for each other's business and, in mm-hmm. overall vibe mm-hmm. of what's going on. I know you guys are busy as heck. I, and you guys know I am too. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. I text you, uh, we, we talked about this earlier. If I really yeah. need you, I'm going to pick call. up the phone. I'm going to pick up yeah. the phone if I need an answer right now. Yeah. Um, and I think we've all, you know, kind of got yes. that vibe and it's like, yeah, let's just wait for, you know, whatever the yeah. case is. Or if I have questions, you guys know that I'm going to reach out to you. And the same is true with all my clients. Yeah. If, I, if I need something immediately, mm-hmm. I might try a text or an email. Yeah. And if I don't have
1: it, I, I just I just have to pick up the phone. Which I feel like is also cool because, like, you are a long-term thinker. So, like, long-term, let's just even talk about the stress of it all. Long-term stresses, like, all these, I feel like our generation, like, the lawyers now that do deal with constant stress or their, you know, clients constantly bitching or whatever— They're a little bit, a lot more stressed in life to where now they're maybe drinking a little bit more or they don't have really good family dynamics or they don't have good relationships with their kids. Their family might still be together, but it's like everything's kind of a clusterfuck or they're just barely holding on by a thread, just even mentally and emotionally because they're just tired. I feel like this sets a different pace for... Law and future lawyers and yourself even for I mean, what even the position what the future in, yeah what the, the future holds at, for you the age the I mean obligations you the don't have amount of limited stress you have even based on yeah. the clientele that you have now is fucking cool like you can go on vacation and you don't have to worry about me and Brandon <laughs> blowing you up Jade I need this right now we'll actually hit you up the week after you get back from vacation okay Jade we're ready yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yes but that's cool because even long term thinking and. Just because the lawyers I know, they're so young and they're already so stressed out. To see the opposite side of it and you've created this for yourself is really fucking cool. So,
2: yeah. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I think being a lawyer is extremely stressful. Going to law school is extremely stressful. I can only imagine. But I also, I went full-time at nighttime at OCU Law School and I worked the whole entire time. I've never not been that busy yeah you're always hustling always and because like I said I'm motivated by money yeah I bought a house the semester I started law school so like I had to work so I could pay my fucking mortgage like I I also wanted to get an education you know so I can better myself and that's that's how I got where I am now and managing expectations when I started practicing I went to one of the partners and I told her I did not realize that I was going to be babysitting grown-ass adults (laughs) as much as I am yes Mm -hmm practicing law because managing expectations telling them what to do in the sense of here's number one Mm -hmm. and i tell them here's number two if number two the answer is yes you needed to do number three if it's no go (laughs) down down to five and so it's like things like that that i didn't (laughs) realize and they don't teach you those things in law school yeah why would they they (laughs) why would they the the practice of law versus learning at law school or preparing for the bar exam Mm -hmm. are two totally different things And so realizing that and being able to, again, it all goes back to the firm that I'm with as well that have allowed me to set those firm boundaries Mm -hmm. and they respect them. Yeah. They don't, we don't blow each other up either. Yeah. At 9 or 10 p.m. unless it's a true emergency, of course. Mm -hmm. And never would I like ignore my partner's text, just if you guys are listening. um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't fire me. Yeah, right, right. It's just one of those things that there's that mutual respect and setting those boundaries and having a work-life balance in anything that you do. Yes. I'm I'm a huge Me. It's so it is. important. I'm a huge yeah. promoter, huge advocate, and the lawyers that I work with who've been practicing for 20 years—that's the first thing they they tell you. You yeah. know, you're young. Yeah, you can work your ass off, right. but you need to work life balance.
0: You yes, need to be happy in what you do because this to is keep
2: thriving. And it doing is. This is a long term thing. I want to do for this forever. Sure. I love yeah. this.
0: So, so yeah. on the legal side, how what would you say? Do you think? Do you see things that might be problematic for patients that you feel like need to work on? Like, have you seen anything like that? Like that experience just from you being on the legal part? So far, um,
2: as it would trickle down to a patient, not necessarily something that I've seen absolutely impact a patient yeah. at this at this time, is how many people at, on a grow, a dispensary, a processing facility, whatever it is, go into business on a handshake deal with somebody who they know mm-hmm. maybe for their whole life or who they just met, I don't know, and then they turn up after you know six months a year suing each other yeah. and so that impacts the whole system right not just those individuals but who are they producing for who are they mm-hmm. you know what are they doing in their yeah. in their processing yeah or their grow or their dispensary and so that impact I think has a big reach um at least yeah. what I've seen on that have even it resulted in lawsuits because right a lot of this is settled mm-hmm. outside of court mm-hmm. just like all civil stuff but even what's gone to court it's much larger than I anticipated mm-hmm. because I've learned that cannabis people aren't necessarily also business people.
1: Yeah, that's real.
2: And I also, as you guys know, I have no fucking idea how to grow weed or process it Yeah, or like what fertilizer to use or not to yes. use. Yeah. I have no idea because yeah. that's not my job. Mm-hmm. My job is to protect your interests. My job is to tell you when you get sued, here's why we're gonna win. Or yeah. here's what we should do because we're probably not gonna win. Yeah. Um so all of those things are very different, right? And and people I think kind of confuse that role that I can advise on a lot of stuff, but I cannot tell you what mm-hmm. papers to use or yeah. what fertilizer like I said or soil to use that's not that's not my wheelhouse yeah
0: I think that's a good answer though from the legal side yeah it makes a different perspective yeah it is because that does
1: I mean it's like we know a couple companies that went in on not necessarily handshake deals but their investors fucked them over and now those products don't exist anymore and we are patients that still talk about those products and crave them so I mean, yeah, it, it definitely, I It feel affects like. the patient and directly. And p- people do ask. People are like, oh, whatever happened to this brand? And it's like, well, I, I don't know. You know, right, I have absolutely. no idea. Oh, probably something on the legal side because that's, you know, what yeah. it normally yeah. is. Um. Anyways, Jade, you're so <laughs> vibrant and knowledgeable. And our biggest hype girl always, the Cannabis Hangout. I love it. Always. Um, and <laughs> we love that about you. Do you have any advice for someone who's wanting to get into law and or cannabis law that you wish somebody would have told you?
2: Um, into law in general, I would say to go get a job at a law firm where you are the low man on the totem pole. I started as a runner, which is literally the person that fetches things or takes things to the courthouse Yeah, and worked my way up to a legal assistant. And that experience being a legal assistant for four years gave me insight into how to treat people in my office, mm-hmm. how hard your staff is working even if you don't see it every mm-hmm. single day, mm-hmm. and how much hand-holding those staff members do without even batting an eye. Um, that Understanding that dynamic is so important to me because where I'm at in law, and even though I've not been out of law school extremely long, I have a totally different perspective and understanding of what goes on in a law firm and what goes on when it comes to representing a, a client or a business or whatever mm-hmm. the case mm-hmm. is. So for someone who wants to go into law, that is my absolute number one recommendation and it always is go get a job in a law firm, even if it's for a summer, even yeah, if it's mm-hmm. even, for whatever it is, and you're going to be the low man on the totem pole, maybe fetching stuff or going to courthouses, but that gets you in front of um, judges, staff that gets you familiar with what's mm-hmm. going on in the courthouse, what, what you need to do or how to do to whatever that fly it is on the wall. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It does. And you get the opportunity, right? To go to court, go to mediations, do things like that, interact with clients before yeah. you're even in the position of representing mm-hmm. them you get to be that's a good way to put a brain a fly on the wall um so going into law that's my, that's my number one recommendation going into cannabis law kind of like what i said earlier i took a lot of time to research um so that i was prepared when a client asked me a question and if i didn't know the answer to a question my answer is always that i'm not sure or i can um kind of hypothesize of what i believe it would be but that i need to review the regulations or the law i'm a uh, I think I'm pretty brilliant, but I can't remember every single thing or every single rule. Mm -hmm. And I never know what a client is going to ask me. Mm -hmm. Um, because you guys could have a question about something that has to do with cannabis or business, but you might be calling me about estate planning because you know, I'm I'm a lawyer who, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's difficult, um, in that aspect. And so there's a lot of memes also where lawyers always say, I'll circle back, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but, uh, I'm guilty of saying that all the time because I can't, I can't know, no one person can know every single thing. Absolutely. And I never want to give uh, the client. Wrong
0: information. Yeah, that yeah. makes I me mean, feel terrible. I, read, so. I respect that. I would th- I'd rather you take a little bit longer because you're 100%. researching something right. for me mm-hmm. than just acting like you know it all. If you don't, right? Yep. So and I'm a, I'm a big that.
2: proponent of just owning up, whether you yeah. whether you know it or not. It's it doesn't yes. matter. I, I have the resources to find the answer, and that's yeah. the purpose of, yes. of having a lawyer, right? Mm-hmm, sure. They might not know the answer right when but you have them on the phone, it out for you. but they can yeah. do the legal research. They can do the reading mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. drafting, or right, or have one of their associate attorneys draft a legal memo so that they can have the answer to provide you the most comprehensive answer mm-hmm. to to make sure that you guys or any client of course um gets the best answer but also that you can move forward knowing and trusting that advice and knowing that it's true and correct
0: yeah that's right yeah. that's it's good. Great. well said jade yeah Thanks. very well said. so we ask everyone who's on our podcast this question jade but as someone who's in the legal position you're in what's a stigma that you would like to see changed revolving cannabis
2: I knew that this question
1: was going to come, Brandon. That is
2: and
0: a great question.
2: It is <laughs> Thanks, <guys. laughs> so great. It is a great question. I think the stigma overall that has impacted me and as a, a lawyer has been that representing a cannabis company somehow makes me guilty of any wrongdoing that they could be doing it's called rico and that was actually a fear that a lot of attorneys had when cannabis first became legal here because the laws are set up in a way and so our rico statutes that means rico statutes were created to kind of get the head mob guy mm-hmm. for all the little mob guy yeah. stuff mm-hmm. so lawyers were really worried about that coming back up the chain and actually when i started at my firm they told me i couldn't do cannabis law because the malpractice insurance was three times yeah. the cost. Mm-hmm. And I was crushed. And I bugged them repeatedly. And then we called the insurance guy. And he was like, oh, actually, that that's changed. Because over the last two years, we've had literally one lawsuit related to cannabis companies. And it was a um, conflict of interest where an individual happened to represent two people who way down the line ended up suing each other, and so that mm. that lawyer yeah. maybe maybe just like asked. right right maybe just like forgot to check something yeah. or whatever the case was right it didn't even turn out to be a huge issue, and so that alone allowed mm. me to get into this industry, mm-hmm. and I do, I would hate for that to be a barrier for somebody else um, that that stigma is still around absolutely, and I think attorneys who don't listen to cannabis podcasts like you guys or can't stay tuned into cannabis mm-hmm. stuff. Would never know that. Yeah. Um. They would never know that the barrier to entry has been lowered, and so it's not as scary, so to say, that someone's going to sue me, and then I'm like, can never do this again. That would be terrible. So that that stigma around um, that fear, yeah, Mm -hmm. um, has has been the biggest thing that I've I've noticed, and I. Would Like for that to be diminished more, yeah. That's
1: good. That's we've good. not, obviously, we've not heard that before. Yeah. Oh, I love when people it's just great perspective. perspective. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. No, you don't need a Coke. Sorry, right? I've been doing really good. Okay, <laughs> I haven't had a Coke in days.
2: Okay, <laughs> well, I literally Jade. have my large sonic pop on the
0: table right uh, now. <laughs>
2: but that's like, that's like what is that? A cherry, <laughs> it's a diet cherry limeade.
1: Okay,
0: yum. Cherry limeades I are just the say exception this to because <laughs> she <laughs> wants me to,
1: I know, she's right, keep her in line. Uh, always well jade i think this wraps up today's episode thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us and just sprinkle all of your delightful
0: knowledge and self on us for real. we appreciate Thanks it for seriously i have yes. enjoyed so- this so much yeah. yes be sure to give bic legal a follow on social media and to see the cool work that they are doing and stay tuned for next week's episode and as always love stay medicated